We've done this 99 times, so we might as well make it an even 100. The two-year anniversary and 100th episode is coming to you next on the Indie Ball Report Podcast. Yeah, right. We are back again. Episode number 100, the big century mark, the centennial episode. And also, coincidentally, it lines up with the two-year anniversary of the first ever episode. So it kind of works out in a way here. I'm Nick. He's Will. And uh, also, we were lucky enough to have a nice and easy, unexciting week in independent league baseball. Outside of, you know, the, the big news of of uh, the Atlantic League having an official exclusive on-field uniform provider now, a six-year-long oh, yes. deal. I mean, I, I've been dying to talk about that, and clearly nothing else has happened. I mean, there's a little, there's a couple of minor happenings, you know, like uh, the Atlantic League essentially announcing major expansion in King County going to the American Association, and also a couple other rumors going around, but th- those are minor stories. They'll take, like, what, 20 minutes in total yeah. for all of them? They just really warrant a quick mention, uh, but and then we could just spend the rest of the time gu- gushing over uh, episode one hundred and the and the two year anniversary of uh, starting the show. So you know, but you, actually, Nick, you, you know what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? Maybe we should maybe we should save the gushing and go into the news and expand on it because now that I think of it. Maybe the Atlantic League bringing in a uh, a former affiliated market with a brand new stadium might be. I think we could expand on it. You think? I don't know. All I know is I, I think we could make it work. We, we're 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 two very talented people. I think I think we could we could try it. All right. listeners. We'll give it a shot here, but just while we're doing, you got to keep in mind. Watch the profanity. We we don't want to offend any sensibilities here. Oh goodness, no! You would not. You would you would never want to. Uh, Listen, you got You want to be yourself, but, I mean, profanity? No. So I guess we should actually probably start talking about the news and, and whatnot now. That would probably be a good idea. Pretty minor, but, you know, we, we might as well give the people what they want. Exactly, and I'm sure they want that. Just kind of start at the beginning, I guess. It came out, I believe it was Tuesday. Yep, it was Tuesday because it was a, a really snowy day, if I remember right. And, uh... Yeah, so what happened was Haggardstown apparently had a town meeting earlier in that morning, so about 10 o'clock in the morning or so, and they were meeting with a slew of executives from the Atlantic League. I know uh, the York team president was there, Frank Bolton was there, Uh, there's a couple other uh, people in that delegation, including a state senator from Maryland, and uh, Howard Blackie Bowen, who would be the presumptive owner of an Atlantic League team in uh, Haggardstown, Maryland. And from there, essentially they were saying the Atlantic League will grant Haggardstown a franchise on the condition that they build a new ballpark. Now, we talked about Haggardstown probably about a month or two back now uh, when we were kind of saying, oh, I wonder where each of these formerly affiliated markets could wind up. And we obviously you know, took our shot in the dark end, and some of them were hits, some of them were misses. We'll talk about one of the hits a little bit later on when we talk about King County. But Haggardstown is one where we said, we're not really looking for professional baseball back here, maybe not baseball at all, because it's an extremely old ballpark built in 1930. Uh, It's kind of falling apart here, 
And that's obviously a major drawback. But with a brand new ballpark, all of a sudden now it becomes a lot more, you know, uh, easier to put a team in there, especially when you have the Atlantic Lake saying we want new ballparks. You put a team right there. It worked very well. Uh, clearly, that's a very kind of central location now too you're not terribly far from york and lancaster it also gives an in-state rival for southern maryland and it's you know not terribly far from the other teams here we'll talk about you know some of the other markets that uh, i know i've certainly been hearing about i assume will's also heard about uh joining the league in fairly short order as well but uh, yeah haggardstown is all but slated to get a team if they get the stadium built they're still you know, a lot of work to be done to get the stadium constructed. It'd be in the downtown part of Haggardstown. Uh, I believe it's in the entertainment district right by a uh, theater and another um, uh, kind of performing arts academy, I believe it is. So you would really be kind of in the heart of the entertainment district and it would definitely be uh, kind of filling the role of an anchor one. As opposed to in the past where we've seen new stadiums kind of built as the crown jewel, the thing that's supposed to revitalize the whole area, it would just kind of be another piece of the whole puzzle there into an already, uh, I guess, prosperous area would be one way of putting it. So there certainly is a major advantage to that. The location's great. The ownership looks to be figured out already. And I've heard from people that are close to the Atlantic League or close to the higher-ups in the Atlantic League that they do feel very confident about Hagerstown getting the stadium done and that they could, as soon as 2023, have a first pitch in the, in sunny Maryland. I'm going to be honest with you, Nick. When I got – because I do have – it's funny because back when I was just the uh, just the listener of the show uh, before far before episode 100, I had Twitter notifications on for uh, for the Indie Ball Report Twitter account. I still do, huh. uh, just because I know um, I know there will be certain things you see that I don't and, and whatnot. And when you tweeted breaking Hagerstown to the Atlantic League, I'm like, huh? Yeah. I, I was. I w- it came completely out of left field. I had no, like, of course, we've spent the last three, four, five months talking about which, which cities, which markets could potentially be headed to the Atlantic League. Hagerstown was not even on my radar because of that stadium. And just because of how bad the attendance got there, I mean, of course, there would need to be a new ballpark at some, uh, at some point down the road. But I didn't think the city would be willing to to let to, to really use all that taxpayer money. I guess I don't. We don't know the yeah the funding like the official news of who pays what and yeah the what, what's get funded by the taxpayers and stuff like that. So I, it, it was really stunning to me. But on on the flip side, them building a new stadium and putting it in putting it into downtown Hagerstown. I think that could actually, that could definitely work, and I'm really interested to see how it'll go. I know there was a there was an option that I, I discussed with a couple of people, like, oh, why why don't they just put Hagerstown in the league this year and have them play in the old ballpark until the new team is is ready to move in and just move them in? And I I, I understand why the Atlantic League made made the contingency because if something happens and they're not able to get this stadium done. They are screwed in this ballpark that is like 
New Britain, but like Walmart brand New Britain. Like it's completely falling apart. It's it, it's McCoy bad. without the history, really. Yeah, it's uh, like M- McCoy and Hagerson should not even be mentioned in the same sentence. Like that's how uh, that's how rough of a shape this stadium is in. So I, I I understand the Atlantic League wanting to minimize the risk there uh, and waiting for waiting for the new stadium to be built. However, I, I think this really fits which we'll talk about in a bit, like the Frank Bolton vision of wanting to add two teams into the league for the next three years. And I think Hagerstown would, you would think would probably be the only market in which would require a, a brand new stadium. So I think that that's, I mean, you know, Staten Island is, you would need to, uh, you need to renovate the ballpark and such, but, it's gonna. I'm. I'm really intrigued to see how this works out. I'm intrigued to see if the if the energy and the fan base starts to come back with a brand new ballpark. Uh, if you get a good ownership group in there, which it does seem like they do have, it doesn't seem like some random venture capitalist looking to make a buck. So I'm intrigued to see how this works out. I, I really am. But it this was stunning. It came out of. It completely came out of left field, and I, I didn't see it coming to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. And just to circle back around on the funding aspect, that was one of the questions that was raised uh, by some of the, I guess it would be directors of the development committee in Haggardstown as to how would the, or Washington County, I think it was technically, uh, we'll have the link to the actual uh, meeting itself because that's a public record thing. It's going to be linked in the show notes on the website. If you want to watch the whole thing, it starts about the two minute mark and runs to about the 40 minute mark if I'm right in uh in my memory on that but regardless right. they were asking about the funding a situation there and they said well there's a lot of ways we could do the funding uh we can mix private and uh public money to make it happen we could do it as a 503 meaning it as a charity similar to high point in a sense how they kind of run things there's a lot of ways you could do it each ballpark in the atlantic lake's been built a different way so there's that's not as much of the issue as much as just getting the clearance to do the work that needs to be done. And as a little bit of a fun fact about uh, Bowen, his relationship to Frank Bolton is they were college roommates. Uh, as really? per, yeah, that was part of the uh, part of the meeting here. They explained that that's how the relationship was. So yeah, and then in 2019, Bowen was never really interested in baseball, but Bolton got him to uh, one of the Duck games and kind of showed him how everything goes and. I guess, for lack of a better term, talked them into uh, being interested in buying a club. And then once Haggardstown, that market in particular, opened up, seeing as that's his hometown, Bowen's hometown, the opportunity just arose and he wanted to take advantage of it. So uh, that kind of explains uh, the whole system behind that. Going back, expansion plan that Bolton had thrown out here. That was one of the big bombs from that meeting is that Frank Bolton essentially said, the plan is we are going to expand by two in 2021, in 2022, and in 2023, ultimately getting to a 12-team league. Now, I know I saw some confusion online because in the start date announcement, which we'll talk about that later on in the show, but it said the six-team circuit will unleash a schedule and everything later on. That just meant there's six teams in the league as of right now. There aren't, they are not done yet with finalizing schedules, with finalizing team acquisitions. That still needs to be done, and that is backed up by the York Revolution president, who then, I believe, Wednesday it was. It was either later that day, Tuesday, or Wednesday 
that he came out and said in a message to uh, Rev fans that the leagues finally are finalizing the acquisition of former MILB teams. We're not sure about the number yet, but we're kind of shoring that up in the short term, and we're going to have more information for you as we come along. Uh, schedule's coming soon. You know, COVID plan to follow about a month before opening day. Essentially, all that announcement was was to say, the official one from the league it was, was to say we're going to start Memorial Day weekend, Teams can start signing players, which was a whole big thing that we talked about last week, how there was no movement whatsoever. And then immediately after the show goes up, they announce, oh, on Monday, they're going to start signing players, which, you know, again, the timing on this show is immaculate. Um, it always always happens like that. Exactly. It never fails. Exactly. So maybe if we keep talking about things, they'll just kind of keep happening. So I'm going to say expand to Nork, New Jersey, bring back the Nork Bears. I'm just going to throw it out there. Because apparently whenever we talk about something on the show, it just materializes in front of our very eyes. So well, I got nothing to load. A th- well, maybe the, that memorial could be indie ball, like memorial cups on the way then. Hopefully. I mean, like, really, though, I saw one person on Twitter, I think it was Ballpark Hunter, throw out an idea of the five teams outside of uh, Chicago or in Chicago, the greater Chicago area that they should have some sort of an in-season tournament. And I love the idea of having a, like, Chicago Land Cup or something like that. I love that idea so much, but... The plan, it, it does seem like there's a, a plan in place to bring in, to, to bring in markets for this year. Everyone's, I, I know everyone's saying six teams and stuff like that. Personally, I don't know about you, I would be surprised if they start with a six-team league this year because there, there's really no reason to wait I guess for for a team like Lexington, who's got pretty much everything made, uh, obviously you would need to get a coaching staff in there and and try to um, and try to and try to start building a roster. And I think that that's going to be a challenge for these teams uh, that that you're kind of getting a late start. However, I think them starting on May 28th, as opposed to the American Association starting, I believe it was May 14th. Correct. Uh, it was May 18th. May 18th. Okay. Yeah, so, general, uh, so I mean, right. So, I mean, American Association starting around, uh, the same time they normally would the Atlantic league starting Memorial day weekend, which is not like the, uh, Atlantic league at all. I think they did that to try and to try and give teams more time. Cause I don't think if they were just doing a 16 league, I find it hard to believe they would, uh, they would look to push the season back all the way to Memorial Day. Um, I, I, I find that hard to believe. I'm sure COVID protocols and trying to get as many people vaccinated as possible so you can open up as much of the stadium as, as allowed by state governments. I think that plays into it as well. Uh, but I think knowing that the season's going to start as late as it is on Memorial Day, that makes me more confident, I think, than ever before. There's going to be, uh, I, I would think there's going to be two teams added into the um, into the Atlantic League. I know we're t- if we're talking favorites, I think probably look at Lexington. You probably look at West Virginia um, as probably the two front runners at, at the time of the recording. But I, I, I tell you what, a, t- a ten, a twelve team league. It, it, of course, it's great to talk about now, and there's a lot of work that has to go into it. But a twelve team Atlantic League would be kind of insane. 12. I, I mean, and, and, and insanely good. Yeah, um, yeah twelve. To, I think is the ideal the, number. 
yeah no it, it would it would be so awesome you really expand your footprint uh through the through north and south on the atlantic coast i mean th- that that would be that would be really awesome if it materializes and listen i know that it's easy to say we want to do this and we want to do that and the frontier league wants to be a 20 team league and uh, and i'm not saying those things will never happen uh but and there's a lot of work to go but i I see the plan for the first for the first time i think in a long time with the atlantic league i see the plan starting to materialize and as as somebody who follows the atlantic league and loves the atlantic league like i do it's it, it's refreshing to see that even though there hasn't been say any teams added that you're saying okay they're starting in the 2021 season we haven't got to that point yet i it's refreshing to me to finally see okay i see where this plan is going yeah like i agree with that because now we I mean we spent like about 15 minutes last week talking about how they really don't have any direction. We don't know what's going to happen. At least other leagues are giving us some bits of information. And obviously you don't want to, you know, put out information that's going to become outdated or change very rapidly. But you would like to know that the ship has a heading. And we finally do have that heading. And I know uh, I can back up what you say with Lexington and Charleston or West Virginia, I suppose. because it's I, should, I, should, I should specify, yeah, Char- Charleston, West Virginia is what we're talking about. Yeah, so that, that is the location there. And those are the two that I've heard a lot to as the two that will jump in for 21. I've heard Stan Island's getting ready for 22. I heard a little bit of rumbling around them coming in for 21, but there's still the pending lawsuit. There's still ballpark work that needs to get done. There's still the matter of, you know, building a team from scratch. Ownership, I believe they're, they do have a new ownership in place. But that said, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work because technically the old ownership group still does have the lease on the ballpark. So there's a lot of just legal things that need to get sorted out fairly yeah. quickly. So I yeah, just, it, yeah. I, I mean, to your point, I think that with bringing in Staten Island, so many of those little legal problems that still need to be sorted out, not to say that those can't be sorted out, but again, we're talking about starting a season in, in what, like three months from now. And to, to get that all set up, do some, I mean, they still need to do some pretty major stadium renovations in Staten Island. But I, I tell you, I think if your plan is to bring them in in 2022, I, I'd be pretty excited about that. That I, I'd be I'd be really excited about that possibility with a new a new ownership group that hopefully knows what they're doing and uh, and, and a much better Richmond County ballpark. Absolutely. I mean, when we talked to Rob Pimsner on the show uh, about two or so months back now, which you should go back and listen to that interview, it was very informative and it would also help you a lot understand the conversation happening right now. If you haven't listened, in any case, he really did sell the the Staten Island market to me and you and it made made the case that it really can work here if you do have a dedicated ownership group that people want to go to the ballpark but when they're just when the ownership group has no interest in the community the community has no interest in them so if you do get that quality ownership group you will get a good product coming out of it plus let's be honest they need more around Long Island now because Long Island in a weird turn of events is now the team that's kind of out on an island by itself. 
Obviously. I know. Isn't that, uh, isn't that quite the change from uh, Atlantic League history? It really is. It really is. Because now you have the two in Pennsylvania, which is more like southeast Pennsylvania. You'd yep. have presumably two in uh, Maryland with Hackettstown. You'd have one out in West Virginia, one out in Kentucky, two out in uh, North Carolina. So there really are looking at a lot of long road trips it would appear so having Stan Island nearby would just help an awful lot scheduling wise and also just to have a closer rival also I'd love to see them get some market in New Jersey I've said Atlantic City just they're the most likely they have a ballpark granted it's work granted they need an ownership group granted they need a lot but I just keep tossing it out there because you know there's history there regardless if yep. you keep speaking it, if you keep talking about it, you might speak it into existence, remember? That's true. I mean, this show is an awful lot like The Wizard of Oz. If I click my heels three times, it'll appear. <laughs> but, exactly. But yeah, like, obviously, there's other markets in New Jersey where it may be. I also heard there's some sort of a stadium development committee or plan or something along those lines in Mississippi. I heard that rumor going around, and I saw... There's a like an 80-page document that someone sent me that I have to still look through. But there's that. We've obviously discussed Alabama before, how plausible that is. Who really knows? We A couple weeks back when we went through all these markets and whatnot, and I think it was the Q&A, uh, we went through all that. So you can listen to that and you know get caught up with that. But it's still, there are a lot of options for expansion here, but you would like to see something in the Northeast. I know there hasn't been much movement as far as Norwich and uh, Lowell has gone. We thought that would yeah. be the case here because that's, I guess, more or less a traditional footprint. But at the same time, I mean, if you're getting a West Virginia and you're getting a Lexington with the possibility of Staten Island and uh, Haggardstown on the horizon, all of a sudden Lowell and Norwich become a lot less important. And I mean, we've discussed this before. Norwich is kind of more of a summer college market at this stage. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's sad though because I think Norwich, their ballpark's actually not bad at all. Mm. Uh, I think they probably have a, a better ballpark than than a lot of the other markets we're talking about. And so, you know, I I just don't think the fan base is really there. I mean, I could totally understand if the Atlantic League doesn't want to go into Connecticut again. Uh, and and Lowell, I guess, it, it seems like it, at least. If I remember correctly, I mean, people who have listened to the show know I'm a Red Sox fan, so I followed this this closely. But when the Red Sox cut ties with the Lowell, there was there was a lot of talk. They're like, "Oh, we want to keep professional baseball," and there's a lot of talk that, "Oh, like we're going to like the Red Sox are going to do everything they can to help out Lowell." And it almost kind of seemed like to me because no one no one else really did that, mm-hmm. and so I'm thinking maybe they're they're potentially trying to bring them back in at some point, mm. uh, whether that's, whether that's 2021 or, 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 or whatever, maybe cause I, I don't, I don't know what like the, I, I know like the Salem Red Sox or the, the, the Greenville drive. I don't know what the, uh, the situation ballpark wise is over there, but maybe you want to take, maybe you want to take the high A team or um, take take out the Salem Red Sox and put in and put in Lowell so you can be in like that minute new Mid Atlantic High A League that yeah. would make a lot of sense. So I, I think but at the same time though, just to cut you off, it, it wouldn't you have just done that from the get go though, as opposed to waiting two years? Like, why well, would you- I think that I, I think at that point 
you'd have to wonder what's because I know the the Red Sox do own the Salem Red Sox, so yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's that easy. Uh, although, did, did the Staten Island did the Yankees own part of the Staten Island Yankees? I that'd be a great question for Rob. I don't know exactly. Uh, I'd assume not, yeah. but okay, yeah. So I I know the Red Sox ownership group does own the Salem Red Sox. So and that that was always kind of the big. Like oh, if there's if the parent club actually owns uh, the minor league franchise, they probably won't be going anywhere. So I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they hold off on Lowell. But at the end of the day, Lowell's got to do something. I mean, they can't just sit with an empty ballpark forever and ever. So I think it's a good market, uh, and although I, I just really haven't heard much about them, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, when I did asking around, nobody really gave me much. All I got was there was phone calls made, but there's not really much action there. So who's right. really to know much there? And off, and with the Staten Island stuff and uh, with the other markets, like Haggardstown, how they feel confident and whatnot, I have multiple people that told me this. So I, if I only had one, I wouldn't, you know, run with it because obviously then uh, – People would know who our sources are from there would be my main point here. And that would obviously jeopardize them. I I have multiple people telling me this, so that's why I feel comfortable running with it. Uh, yeah. Likewise, it's still, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything plays out here with the with the expansion and whatnot. Because if we assume that it's going to be Lexington and Charleston in that first wave this year, and next year it's going to be Staten Island, who's going to be the other, te- the other team that goes in with them? And then who's going to go in with uh, Hackerstown? You know, like that. Yeah. Those are questions that I'm going to be kind of curious to see what the answer is to them. Likewise, I'd also want to know when they get to 12, are we going to still keep a two division structure or are we going to go to three? Because I kind of want to see one indie league go with three four team divisions and then have just one wild card. I kind of want to see it. Yeah, that that's. Yeah, I, I guess that would have more of like an MLB type setup where you're really rewarded for winning your division, I guess, that you don't really see now, assuming that's kind of the motivation behind you wanting to see that, right? Yeah, it's kind of the motivation behind that. And also, I just think, depending on where these other teams are, you can make it a lot more regional rivalry-based. Because, like, if we're going off teams where we know now, then you could put your two North Carolina teams and the West Virginia and the Kentucky team in one division. And that obviously can help with travel, too, and make it a lot easier if you're playing more in division against three other teams you build them a rivalry there and whatnot that kind of middle division would be your two pennsylvania teams and your two maryland teams you'd get a nice rivalry there and again the travel would be kind of uh reduced a bit and then in the you'd have stan island and long island and then you could put if you got let's just hypothetically say they go with lowell and they go with norwich obviously we just spent a lot of time saying how there's not much movement there but let's just go along with it and say that's the case then you'd have another division there that would have some travel in it but it really wouldn't be too too bad and again you'd have more regional based rivalries and whatnot it would help build up some of the newer teams as well because you'd be playing the same teams over and over again and you know you could kind of get the the playfulness going between all the teams and obviously you'd still play like the eight other teams that aren't in your division that's going to happen to 12 team league there's no way around that uh but it would kind of you know just i think add a bit more of a competitive feel to it and help grow everything and overall i think it it'd just be more interesting and be something different which would be nice to see 
Right. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think a 12 team league would be awesome. I, I guess me thinking, and, and I, like I mentioned before, I know Frank Bolton said, Hey, we're looking, we're looking to be a 12 team league by 2023. I, I'm thinking that because you asked a perfectly legitimate question. Well, if you're assuming that Lexington and Charleston, West Virginia are coming into the league for 2021, you're at eight. And then, then you bring in Hagerstown for 2023 and Staten Island for 2022. Well, who goes in with them? You know, if, if nothing, if there's no traction, I mean, maybe you're Huntsville, Alabama, like, like, uh, could materialize at some point. Yeah. Um, but like the one point I did see on Twitter, which when I start like going through the scenarios in my mind, we know they do want to go South. So that's obviously the argument in favor of them. But they are kind of out on an island on their own if you don't bring in someone else there. Because then who's their closest team, Kentucky or North Carolina? Well, yeah, but they didn't mind that with Sugarland forever. See, that's the counter that I come to. But at the same time, it's like there's a bit of a difference between going to an already built ballpark with an abandoned market versus going to a brand new ballpark with a thriving market next to like the fourth or fifth largest city in America. I mean, there's a bit of a difference there. Yeah, no, I, I'm not saying that Sugarland doesn't. I mean, although the travel was kind of weird and awkward, I mean, I know. Like, I think a couple months ago, I, I kind of just put a poll out, like, oh, like for for players, like, what what's your favorite road ballpark to go to? And like, Sugarland blew everybody out of the water. So I think that Sugarland definitely provided. Some things that kind of outweighed the annoying travel and plane rides and other costs. Uh, so I, I definitely think that's a possibility. Although, you know, I mean, of course, Huntsville, Alabama is not a not really on the geological footprint. But I mean, neither. I mean, Lexington, Kentucky is kind of a, a weird that if you're talking about geography, ge- geography as well. Yeah, certainly it is. It's just it's. I think it's just a bit different when you have one team in the deep south and then everything else in kind of like that mid-south as your furthest southern point. I mean, like, again, I'm not going to rule it out. It's just I think when you're dealing with, you know, a situation where you're just outside of Houston and everything's brand new and shiny or in the case of Lexington where it's like, okay, well, they're not terribly far from like a Cincinnati, which is a nice kind of middle tier city. And you can kind of convince yourself, like, oh, well, they're close to the two North Carolina teams, and they won't be too, too far from West Virginia. And it's a, it's a lot easier of a sell when either you're dealing with something that's not, like, totally out there, or you're dealing with something that's, you know, very new and shiny. When you're dealing with something that's kind of out there, and it's not that new, and there's no real major city by there, because, I mean, are we going to sit here and try to sell Huntsville, Alabama, or Mobile, Alabama as, like, a major city? Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. So it when you put it in terms like that, it's like, okay, well, yeah, it is a hard sell. But it's just like for other markets to get back to the point of the conversation, it's like, well, are you going to go to like Vermont, which was kind of like heavily linked to the Frontier League, which has yet to I don't, really I, yeah, I, I don't see them as a. Unless, unless unless they have plans to build a ballpark, which I don't know about. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I wouldn't be banning, I wouldn't bet on that. But yeah, I mean, well, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't have for Hagerstown either. But um, yeah, I guess we haven't really heard anything about Vermont. Of course, the difference is you know they play on it. They play on a college campus, which yeah. is a lot different than or a lot different situation than 
anybody in the Atlantic League. I can't see them be, being that interested um, or the Atlantic League being that interested in them. So I, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. But I see what you're saying. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. It's not like – I feel like I, I agree with your point, and this is kind of how I, I, I read your point is it's okay to expand that geological uh, that excuse me geographical footprint I was gonna um, say we're not dealing it, with rocks full disclosure I'm I currently take a geology class now so it's like been it's like in my head but <laughs> I, uh, anyway yeah. when you're talking about geography it's okay to go a little bit outside your comfort zone if you're hitting a market that you believe is a can't miss market and I think Sugarland was one and I'm not. I'm not sure how you feel. I feel you could make the argument that Lexington is one of those yeah. as well. Yeah, I'd make. That I argument. think Lexington's a can't miss market. That the Atlantic League, it, it, it's the Frontier League. I'm really surprised they're not a Frontier League team. But uh, I mean, if the Atlantic, if, if re- I can't see the Frontier League, the and Lexington happening at this point, I think they're more than content at 16 teams. It already fits well. I, I think. That has to be. I mean, Lexington is an A plus market for the Atlantic League. Even though, yeah, a, a bus ride from Long Island to Lexington's eleven hours. But I mean, there's ways you can you can work around it. You can hit. Um, you, you can make it a road trip where you're hitting Southern Maryland on the way. When you're hitting, uh, you're hitting Southern Maryland on the way. Then you then you go to Lexington, and then you take go to Lexington to York, and then you head back to Long Island. It, there's ways. There's ways to do it to take out. Uh, uh, like a massive 11, uh, uh, like a super long 11-hour uh, bus trip. So I think that there's ways to handle it. But I think even though it's, a, it's an inconvenience, those are the things that you sacrifice as a league to um, in order to cater to that can't-miss market, which I, I think, well, it, it, obviously we both agree that Lexington is at this point. Exactly. When the full cut list came out, it really became, the, okay, there's three kind of crown jewel markets, at least from my sure. perspective, where it was – Tri-City, it was then Lexington, and it was King County. When you looked Agreed. at those three, you said, these are the three ones that you really want to see a league grab. And I think the Frontier kind of looks at it like, okay, we can swap out Lexington for Tri-City. So it's kind of a, a net neutral there. And then mm-hmm. obviously the American Association just recently got King County, which, you know, we was kind of in doubt, but then it became, okay, yeah, they're going to probably wind up taking that one. It makes sense. And then, you know, that leaves Lexington to the Atlantic League, which was kind of always out there. Obviously, we both weren't spent a lot of time saying that's probably going to be the Frontier League because the relationship they have with Florence and it's close by, and it just makes a lot of sense. But uh, they got to try City instead. So, I mean, it'll work yeah. out there. Well, but yeah. I think, it, it, you know, it's really funny to think about uh, can't miss markets for for the Atlantic League, it, it seems like ages ago now, but I I still can't. Be, and of course, the Trenton Thunder owners and they didn't oh, have yeah. a great didn't have a good relationship with the Atlantic League. But it, it let's put that relationship aside. Like if you if you told me like a year ago that Trenton was going to lose their affiliation, I'd be like, well, how are they not an Atlantic League team? I mean, I, I feel like. And they went to the MLB draft league pretty quick. To be honest with you, yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't. I the MLB draft league seems pretty legit. Not gonna lie, but I for for Trenton, you're cutting down on your home. Not to get too off topic, but yeah. you're, you're cutting down on your home dates. Like attendance is gonna go down. Like in summer collegiate, to me that that just didn't make any sense. I was surprised at the time, and I know it's a long time ago now, but. 
we're talking about campus markets. I, I'm surprised Trenton they didn't kind of work something out for the betterment of the Atlantic League and the betterment of of Trenton. Yeah, and it's not even off topic. I mean, that's a legitimate kind of. Uh, it's not even a segue. It's on topic where you're losing home dates, and it's not like your quality of play went up. And like I right. get their argument where it's like, oh well, people will know the prospects coming through. Mm, are they well, though? Are they though? No, is I the mean, casual fan really that up on prospects in any sport, let alone baseball, where it seems like every other year there's a whole new top five prospect list? Yeah. And of that top five, you're like, okay, well, if three of the five turn out to be productive major leaguers and one of them turns out to be like a star player, that was a pretty yeah. good crop. I mean, like, I remember when Dominic Brown was being hyped up as like this Daryl Strawberry like prospect. Mm-hmm. Now, where is Dominic Brown now? Mexico. Exactly. So clearly not very Daryl Strawberry like. So yeah. like that's the thing. Like you constantly see prospects get hyped and whatnot. And I just think that Trenton was a case of and I and we'll we'll move on from it because there's a lot of other things to get to. But I think Trenton was just such a case of just swallow your pride. Exactly. And just do it. Like that that just made so much more sense. You'd get either the same amount of home dates or even possibly more home dates with the Atlantic League. You'd still get professional players in there. It's clearly yeah. a market that has a, a mix between Yankee and Phillies fans. There's a lot of former Phillies. There's a lot of former Yankees. Hell, there's even former Mets that you can find readily Absolutely. readily available for, for indie League ball. I mean, Long Island has basically a monopoly on former Mets that wind up in indie ball, so maybe scratch them out. But Yankee-wise... Somerset used to be the space for that, and they're gone now, so you could have easily snatched up a handful of them. And likewise, Philly, you could easily take all that. Like, it just made a lot of sense to go in there. The ballpark's still up to par. You'd still have Major League Branding because they're a partner league, and to be quite frank, they have a more intimate relationship with Major League Baseball than any of the other leagues have. So it's not like it'd be that dissimilar. The quality of play would go up. It just it made a lot of sense here, but at the end of the day, I seemed like pride got in the way. I just the only thing I could really piece together is while yes, you lose home dates, the price goes down because you're not paying those players. So yeah. that that is a big expense, I will grant you. And travel wise, it probably isn't as bad, but I gotta think at a certain point it becomes negligible. I know, and the, the the last thing I'll say about this, because obviously, you know, we've known what Trenton's plans are for a while. If you wanted to put like such a great like MLB draft league, put it, and I know the mar- they wanted to use like former affiliated markets. I get, I get all that, but as Nick, as someone, and I've started following like draft prospects in college baseball because of what I'm going to do this summer, of yeah. course, but. Growing up, like in New Jersey, like and you can speak to this as well. I'm sure college baseball is not a big deal up here. Oh, it's yeah. ju- it's no just one cares. it is just not. No, like I mean, Rutgers baseball is never good. Like no one, no one cares about college. There's very few people who care about college baseball. And if they think that they're going to get like like these top of the line like prospects coming into the MLB draft league, they're going to be mistaken because these players who are who are already first round pitch are not going to risk potentially not playing well and losing millions of dollars or even worse being injured. Nothing. Oh yeah, sure. If you, if you if a, pit, a pitcher specifically, yeah, like, he throws out his arm. League. 
it, yeah. it's a it's a showcase league, and I'm sorry, but it's not it's not a league of elite college players that you want to make it out to be. It's and it's a shame for and I understand it from a financial standpoint. Sure, even though I don't think that I think the Atlantic League would be more profitable for them. But it sucks for the fans. I mean, it, yeah. it, that you couldn't swallow your pride for them at least. I don't care what the hell your pre- your press release says that you you're doing this for the, like Trenton, New Jersey. If you're not, like stop it. Like, yeah, if you if you cared about them, you, you would one you would make sure your field is in tip top shape that so this doesn't happen. And two, you 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 would swallow your pride and bring in the highest level of talent for your fans. Yeah, it, and Tri Tri City did it exactly. I mean. They, Plenty of other markets have done it. Like, come on. Yeah, that and also, like, just to go back to the college baseball around here, the only school that I could think of that really has, like, any sort of baseball tradition whatsoever is Seton Hall. Seton Hall does right. have it. I mean, Rick Parcells okay. the guy I associate with that most. But, like, Seton Hall does, and I guess St. John's does to an extent. But even then, it's like, eh. It depends on the year. Yeah. yeah. That and also the Queens. They're not really New Jersey. So, I mean, like, it's a hard sell. Yeah, like, for sure. And, I mean, for anyone that knows New Jersey geography, Seton okay. Hall is not anywhere near Trenton. So it's, Oh, yeah, no, it's not close. No one's going from Essex County all the way down to Trenton. That's just not going to happen. Uh, Agreed. So, like, it, it really is a baffling decision there. And what about NJIT? Does NJIT actually have a decent program? I you know, I, they, I, they, they might be, they might be, they might have a decent, like, program you know I, I mean i'm more thinking of like like, like the power five schools for lack of oh, a better yeah. term i yeah. guess like the big east but because yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know who goes and watch watches goes and watches we're thinking of brand name schools yeah yeah for sure like it's just not like college baseball to me it was just not a big deal growing up at all yeah, and, like, I, and well, it's, even it's college, not going to change. Yeah, with like the exception of basketball and football, college sports is just not a big deal in New Jersey. Yeah, it's not. So, I mean, listen, to, to each their own, but I don't think it's going to work out the way they think it's going to. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, with that, uh, we got other Atlantic League stuff to get on to, but do we want to wrap up anything on the expansion talk here? Uh, while we're still going on it, before we move on to the other Atlantic League happenings, no, I think we pretty, I think we pretty much covered it all. I'm just hoping that that hopefully Lexington gets brought in. Uh, I, I hope this gets wrapped up here with within the next couple weeks or so. And you know, I, I'm I'm hearing some murmurs of players saying that hey, there's people on behalf of Lexington reaching out, like starting to try. Of course, not on the level of signing players yet, but kind of. Uh, k- kind of reaching out to some guys, so I-, I think I think we're right around the corner. I do. Yeah, the date that I've seen thrown around for about a month now is February eighth. That February eighth is the day that they can start making a lot of announcements. And for those of you that own a calendar, that's Monday, day after the Super Bowl. That's going to oh, that's going to be the big okay. day. So it's it's very possible that that's when we start to see all this through. I believe that's when all the PDLs become kind of certified and official, and we know that this is the official minor league baseball landscape uh, moving forward, at least for the foreseeable point, future. Yeah. So if that's the case, and it's really just a matter of we need everything formalized before the Atlantic League wants to bring teams in, although that hasn't stopped the other uh, kind of major independent leagues, or I guess partner leagues now, uh, maybe they just want to hold up and make sure everything's, you know, settled and done. Uh, 
being extra cautious has certainly been a, a staple of the Atlantic League and throughout their near 25 year history. So, right, which I would understand exactly. So, I you can't say anything about that. So, uh, regardless, we move on to other Atlantic League news. Uh, obviously, the thing we were gushing about to start the show, uh, the Atlantic League has an exclusive on-field uniform provider in oh, OT Sports Industries. It's a six-year deal. That means it runs through 2027. So they're going to provide all the uniforms on the field. So if they're poor quality, you can blame them. If they look <laughs> bad, you can st- still blame them, although it's probably the team's decision for design. But blame the uniform provider instead. That's more fun than blaming the team. Yeah, I know. A lot, a lot more fun to, than blaming the team. So, you know, if, d- direct all your complaints about team uniforms to uh, OT Sports, which I didn't know existed until a couple of days ago. Exactly. You think with the Major League branding, they could have gotten something with Nike. If you stick with the Major League branding, like, I I, I mean, listen, good for, good for the Atlantic League, I guess they... It's funny because this was on the same day that like the, all this Hagerstown stuff broke, and then I'm getting in my email inbox like all these like press releases from the Atlantic League, like oh, Atlantic League announces exciting news regarding uh, uniforms. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Like, th- tell me, tell me about Hagerstown. Yeah, please. Yeah. Like, like this is not the news I care about today. See, at least you're getting press releases from them. The Atlantic League, like the league itself, has never officially added me to the press list. Really? Yeah. No. Southern Maryland Dude, day, did. day one, day one, I emailed Rick White and he's and like this is before I had any followers, I did anything. And he he added me to the press list immediately. Yeah, no, so only Southern Maryland did. And actually, in fact, with the Kane County stuff, I saw one of the people go, Kane County officially just joined. So I was like, cool. So I went to check my inbox to see if I got the official press release from the American Association. They never sent me one. And I was like, what the hell? I'm on the press list. Why didn't I get that release? So yeah. I, actually, I actually need to yell at uh, someone at that league for not sending the press release because I assume <laughs> there was one for the American Association because that's the kind of thing you definitely issue a press release for. Yeah, and, and that, that also included the start date in that press release. Exactly, and I never got it. So I was like, what, what's up with the with this whole deal there? But yeah, no, I actually need to, I need to do some emailing to commissioners to make sure I'm on every you know mailing list here. Uh, but right. but regardless, yeah. So that that's a thing. Uh, also, uh, High Point teased a big announcement, but it was just they're re-signing Jamie Keith. He's back for three more years through 2023. I think it was the the official one. So yeah, be through 23. Uh, obviously, a big re-sign. I guess. I mean, I didn't think he was ever I mean, going to leave. Obvious. Yeah, I mean, no, it's pretty obvious. He's done a he's done a absolutely brilliant job with, with High Point. No doubt about it. I think there's. I, I would be surprised. If, I, I w- excuse me. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if there's another uh, another big season on the way for them. I mean, I, 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 we talked about it. I guess more when uh, when the season was first getting canceled back in the summer. But man, that high point team. If that team took the field, that was going to be a legit legit team. And um, it's a shame we never got to see it. But I mean, I, I don't think that's going to. That's not going to. Jamie Keith's not going to stop. He's a, he's terrific at building rosters. Him, Billy Horn, and Frank Viola, of course. So I mean, I, not, I, I I'm not. I, I was kind of like, oh, like you needed a contract extension. Like I, I you can take as many years as you want. Exactly. Like, like I just thought it was kind of like an open deal where it's like oh, this is really a formality. Like I assume this was just something like we haven't issued an actual baseball thing in a while. So. Here you go. Like, that's what I assumed it was about. But, uh, yeah, so 
Jamie Keefe's back. Um, we also have the season start date. We mentioned that in the beginning of the show. May 28th, 2021 will be the first pitch date. We're going to get COVID protocols and official schedules coming soon. COVID protocols, mm-hmm. I imagine we'll see about a month before the season starts to so the end of April sure. because we need to wait and see how that develops. If it gets worse, if it gets better. Plus, they also there's a reason why it's starting Memorial Day weekend, partially to help the new teams get acclimated and also partially to hope the COVID improves and hopefully vaccines get distributed right. a lot easier and more shots in arms. And then the COVID goes down and then you can have 50% capacity as opposed to 33% capacity. And that's a huge 17% right there. Massive. Uh, so yeah. it, it goes from the difference with that 17% is from we're losing money to we're hemorrhaging money. Like 50%, yeah. you're probably at best case breaking even but you're probably losing some money but you can operate and keep the ship afloat with the promise we're going to be at near 100 by the end of the year 33 percent. your best case is you're losing money and you're more than likely going to start hemorrhaging money and uh, yeah. you can't survive like that you you just cannot do it yeah i'll tell you what though i, I am um i am looking forward to i mean look it's memorial day weekend it's a it's a hopefully that um, the vaccines, uh, the, the vaccine distribution starts to ramp up and, uh, everyone gets to have a mostly great Memorial Day weekend. I know picking off the top of my head, considering that's the one weekend I'll be around before I head up to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I think I got, I, I definitely have to do like a Pennsylvania weekend trip before, uh, before I head up, like, uh, go, like go, st- go stay in Lancaster, like go, go to Lancaster on Friday, York Saturday, back to Lancaster Sunday and drive home. Something like that. Better yet. Uh, uh, here's what you do. York or Lancaster on uh, Thursday, another one on Friday. Then you go down to Waldorf, Maryland for Southern Maryland. And then oh, on, goodness. then on Sunday, you swing back through. Dude, I, I would listen. I love the blue crowds organization. I do. They are awesome people. Like the, I, when I tell you, I would love to go there and I, I know I will at some point, but holy crap is Waldorf, Maryland out of the way of everything on the planet. Like at, at least, at least like York and Lancaster is like fairly easy to get to. I mean, like, like it's not that far. <laughs> Waldorf? Dude, it's, it's, it's far. It's like four and a half hours from here. Yeah, that's far. Oh, that's not that bad. It's not that bad. Why? What, what do you consider far then, Nick? Like, I consider driving to North Carolina far. Like, I consider uh, High yeah. Point far. Like, that's a... Like, High Point's one where it's like, okay, if I'm going down there, this isn't a long weekend. I'm going there for the week, and then I'm coming back. Like, Southern Maryland, you could... In my mind, you can reasonably do that. Like, if you were to go and leave Friday, get down there Friday... Then Saturday su- and then drive back on Sunday. It's doable. It's not no, fun. You're not you. doing it every weekend, but it's not like it's that far. I mean, Cape no, May is like three hours. I agree with you that that's the plan. I I, I kind of define more of a, a a far away as a place you would have to stay in a hotel. I mean, I've I've been able to go like a day trip to York and a day trip to to Lancaster. So like I, I, that's kind of how I guess we have different definitions of it. Yeah. But, um, like I so, just, yeah. So, in any case, I mean, like, that's an option there. And so, uh, the last bit of Atlantic League news before we move on to Kane County, I just have let Will talk about player signing. So, if there's any of like the three or four guys that's 
that have been signed at this point or re-signed that you want to talk about, uh, you can do that if you want. Yeah, so I, I guess uh, we we have three at this point. Only one has been announced by the team. But, uh, you know, when people post on their social media that, hey, I signed a contract with blank. I'm like, you know, I think that's a pretty good source. Yeah, when so, they're holding up the contract <laughs> in their hand, it's like, mm, I feel pretty good about this. <laughs> Sources, sources close to uh, the York Revolution have told me that uh, Tyler Hill has signed a, has signed a contract. A source, source familiar with the situation. But anyway, so yeah. I guess since it's only three guys, I can go through uh, through each each three a little bit. Of course, the Reds haven't announced anything. The Ducks have. Uh, the first guy being catcher Tyler Hill. He was actually signed uh, back in. I guess wasn't officially signed, more like verbally signed. Uh, back in September, he's spent the, he played D two ball. He spent the last two spent the last two summers in the Empire League, and uh, his big his big break really came um, this summer uh, with uh, in the Empire League because Mark Mason, the the manager of the York Revolution, um, who obviously didn't have a season or a team to manage, uh, went up to the went up to the Empire League and managed a team there for the summer, and was obviously really impressed with Tyler Hill. I mean, he put up he put up really good he put up good numbers in the Empire League. Uh, of course, it's it's a it's signing guys from the Empire League is risky. Sometimes they translate, sometimes they don't. It's obviously a big jump up in um, in competition, no doubt about it. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess we'll have to see. I see him more as a I, I think he's a solid b- backup catcher option. I don't think you want him out there every day. I don't, and I don't think the Reds will be looking for that either so i but i think it's a solid um a solid i think it's a solid signing um as like a backup catcher option assuming that's also what mark mason is thinking um and then on on the flip side to stay with york i mean they re-signed i I put re-signed in quotes because he didn't actually play with them last year but nelly rodriguez the first baseman he was a a former pretty well-regarded prospect with the Indians because of the huge power he had. He's hit, I believe, 127 career home runs in the minor leagues. He had seasons in Double A where he hit 26 home runs, and he's gotten up to Triple A. He's kind of he, he's performed in Double A, and then he when he makes the jump to Triple A, he kind of hits a wall. And I think that's that's kind of the theme we see with a lot of guys that come to the Atlantic League. Where they, they really perform in Double A and then they can't they're they're not really able to make the jump to Triple A and put up the stats you need to as you get older and so but Nelly Rodriguez has huge huge power uh, from the right side uh, in 2019 with Double A he struggled a little bit still hit 12 home runs in 72 games gonna have to cut down the strikeouts though I mean he he, he I believe his minor league career he's a 39 percent strikeout. Guy, that's gonna have to. That's gonna be have to be cut down. Although uh, I think around, I think if he can get it down to around thirty percent, I think his power will be more than enough in New York, especially with the arch nemesis being only three hundred feet away from home plate. I mean, this is this is his paradise, as um, a good friend AOPB Roundup pointed out with his spray chart. Uh, his, his spray chart. So many of his home runs. It's funny when he points out where the arch nemesis would be. And yeah, and then just, there's like know, there's not. just a giant blob like about a hundred feet beyond that. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. it's it. I don't really I don't know the people who live in the house behind the wall because there there are there is a house that that's right behind the arch nemesis. But 
time they for insurance. They, they, they bet. Yeah, I'm sure they do though. Like you, you can't. There's so many home runs that go over that wall. But I think I, I'm expecting a big year from Nelly Rodriguez. I think he's going to. I think he's potentially a 30 home run guy. Uh, I, I, I'm really that high on him. And so, and so we'll have to see what happens there. And the and finally with the Ducks, they signed catcher Sal Giordina. He uh, has a outstanding mustache. Like oh yeah, his mustache must- is eighty grade. Oh, it looks man. like he's an eighties hockey player with that stash. Eighty grade, absolutely an eighty grade mustache. No, no doubt about it. Fangraphs pipeline, Baseball America, they all agree. Mustache is an eighty grade. And so, uh, if you haven't seen it and don't know what I'm talking about. Go to ALPB underscore news on Instagram. Check out my posts on him. If you don't read any of the caption about like what kind of player he is, totally fine. Just look at the mustache. Uh, and so he, he's been, he's interesting because he's like, he's like one of the veteran minor league catchers who at some point, it, and it really only happens with catchers where they, you get to a point where they kind of just move you where they need a catcher. Uh, because they know you'll provide good defense and uh, you'll, you're good at calling games for guys behind the plate. Uh, but, you know, sometimes when you're flip-flopping levels all the time, sometimes your offensive numbers suffered. That's what happened here. Between 2018-2019, he had some pretty solid numbers in AAA in, in about 50 games, but then he, that also factors in, in uh, like a 26-game stint in AA where he was brutal at the plate. So, you know, I, I think... With consistent playing time, uh, I, I think, it, assuming he's probably, you'd probably think he's the starting catcher. Maybe they bring back a guy like Ramon Cabrera to back up. So I, I think that, I think, I think it's a pretty solid signing. I think if anything, he'll provide some good defense and we'll see, we'll see what he can do with, with regular at bats that we really haven't seen, uh, at all at any point during, during his professional career. So we'll have to see what happens. Again, though, go check out the mustache. It is awesome. Yeah, so it sounds like we have three signings here that are fairly high potential signings here, it looks like. So be exciting to see uh, how they wind up doing. Yeah, for sure. All right, so with that, we go to Kane County Talk. Uh, it was announced on Thursday that they would join the American Association. Uh, and the post I had made about it on the Instagram account, I, this was kind of an open secret. We've kind of known for a while that Kane County was going to wind up in the American Association. And it makes sense, seeing as they have already one franchise in chicago and i think there's another one that's not terribly far away from there as well i could be mistaken but they they do have enough teams around there uh this is one of those teams that was very surprising when they got cut at the class a level they average just under 6500 fans a game so that's certainly yeah. a very good number uh the press release that i didn't get because no one ever sent it to me because i guess it got lost in translation did say there's going to be 12 teams in the league. Uh, I've been hearing for a couple months now, and then I, apparently there was a Facebook post that was then quickly taken down by the Houston Apollos in the Pecos League that they would move up into the American Association oh, Yep, and operate as a traveling team uh, for the 2021 campaign. So I have enough to go off of there to confidently say that it will be a traveling team unless something mm-hmm. drastic changes fairly soon. Uh, obviously, the press release also said, as Will mentioned earlier, uh, the season will start May 18th. So that doesn't give you terribly much time if you want to add in an additional team here. That would be something that have to probably get done within the next 10 days or so if you really wanted to get them in there. And it just would appear, at least for now, that a traveling team is probably your best course of action for this year. 
and it, it'll just help with the scheduling and everything. And plus, with COVID still existing, uh, it, it probably is best to have a traveling team just to kind of fill in as needed. I guess it would kind of be the way here because the schedule will get a little jumbly, jumbled at times. Although I will say, and the league deserves a lot of commendation for this, they did very well in their COVID season in 2020. Like, there really wasn't too many instances. I believe there was just the one game postponed due to COVID. And I remember yeah. hearing uh, the commissioner, Josh Schaub, who actually just resigned or is going to be leaving his position as commissioner of major arena soccer. So that's kind of cool. He's going to be focusing now near solely on the American Association, which is obviously cool to see and great for that league. But I remember him saying in one interview or another that they only had, I believe it was four positive tests or five positive tests all year, yeah. which is crazy to think about when you consider all the players involved in the league and the traveling and everything. It seemed like everything they did worked extremely well. So uh, you really can't complain about that and how that worked out. So sure. I, I don't think there'll be too many issues, if any, but still a traveling team at this point is probably the easiest course of action. Uh, like I said, King County, they've been around since 1991. Uh, they've seemingly been a very well-ran franchise and their ballpark's fairly new and obviously early 90s construction. All in all, it, it seems like a tremendous addition. I had some people pushing back when I said Lexington was the best available market. They were saying, what about King County? What about King County? And they kind of are a 1A, 1B type thing. And so uh, the American Association wins the prize. Yeah, I, I mean, it, you're, you're right when you say it was kind of an open secret. We knew that once King County lost their affiliation, quite stunningly, really. And I think that's kind of how I was talking about earlier, how... It, it's it makes things more complicated when teams are when teams are owned by their parent clubs. I think this was the case here with the Diamondbacks, and so they would they would need to. Um, it, it made things certainly complicated here, and so I, they they lost a great minor league affiliate uh, in Kane County. But man, did the American like I'm not saying they'll be St. Paul, but I think they'll be. I, I think they'll they'll do as good of a job as anyone as any market could do in replacing St. Paul. I mean, the geography is perfect. Uh, the like the fan base is clearly there, even if it even if it takes a slight dip because of the move to the American Association, which I, I guess you could expect a little bit of a dip, but they'd still be more than more than a successful. American Association franchise. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they're how they're going to do. I, I think it'll be very well. I mean, like you mentioned, their ballparks their ballparks solid. I mean, it, it's a great great pickup by the American Association. We kind of knew it was coming. Everyone kind of understood that it, that it was coming. But uh, I mean, great for the for the fans of Kane County to keep for high quality professional baseball. And not joining the prospect league or the MLB draft league like the Trenton Thunder did, uh, and and uh, it, it's really a great move for both sides. And I'm sure Josh Job and the American Association are absolutely ecstatic to bring in a, a market the caliber of Kane County. Absolutely, there was a little bit of talk, and I saw some people upset that the Frontier League didn't get them. But at the same time, they oh, already no. have Schaumburg, Windy City, and yeah. I want to say there's one other one over there that I can't recall at the moment. Maybe Joliet. It could be them. I don't know for certain. There is three of them over there. So I could see why you'd be like, oh, well, it makes a lot of sense there. But I mean, you got Tri-City out of this. Plus, I mean, the American Association was always going to grab one. King County made the most sense for them to grab. And 
between the two offers, they probably said, oh, well, let's give it a shot with a, a bit of an older player, probably a little bit more developed player. Let's try it with the American Association. And especially after what they pulled off last year, it makes a lot of sense that we attempting offer to to go to that league. Uh, likewise, I am going to be curious to see where where the 12th team will wind up being. Obviously, a traveling team can work for one year. Two years, that doesn't really work. You kind of need a team in that league that has a brick-and-mortar type place. We've talked about possible locations for stadiums getting built, possible expansion in the past. They need to find a place and need to find one fairly quick. I don't know where they're going to find that. Hopefully, they find it soon, but uh, I'm not sure about you, but it's kind of a head-scratcher as to where that uh, 12th yeah. team is going to go. Yeah, I think I think Kane County was a pretty easy decision to bring them in, uh, but it's hard it's hard to think of one because I mean potentially and in Texas I mean the Texas Air Hogs leaving I mean that that was kind of an unexpected uh, kind of an unexpected thing not that they were really a, a successful market you would say yeah but, it wasn't I surprising mean, but it wasn't expected either yeah no it certainly wasn't I mean. I mean, you look at Fort Worth comes to mind, but it doesn't seem like the uh, it doesn't seem like the funding is going as they hoped. Uh, so I think that would have been a great option. So I don't know. To be honest with you, to to be honest with you, it's they have a year to figure. They have a, a year, a year and a half to figure it out. I mean, pref- preferably they they have to have a stadium because. If you got to build a new stadium, you're not going to be ready for the next season. Yeah. So I, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, I, but I agree with you. I don't think there's a there's not a clear option for the American Association unless they really want to expand their footprint and I don't know, go to Alabama or something like that. I mean, yeah. the American Association's never scared to uh, to go. What people say is, oh, it's outside their footprint. So I don't know. Maybe maybe that's where they look to next. But uh, they do have time on their side i guess if you're going to roll with a traveling team uh for, for a year yeah i mean they've gone to pensacola before so i mean it's not yeah. you know, totally crazy here so who knows how that will that will shape up but it definitely is nice to see them get kane county especially after losing st paul and uh losing texas like you said it it definitely will kind of uh, help everything over uh, certainly absolutely yeah. Yeah. so uh, with that we kind of reached the end of the news here i suppose we should uh, mention something about the fact that this show is now two years old uh, we released our well not me and will uh, me and james released the the show two years ago when it first got going right around super bowl time then then will came in about a year and a half into the tenure of the show and it's been a staple since and obviously the show has grown a lot talked to a lot of very interesting people and uh you know the support's always been tremendous the show's constantly been growing hopefully will continue to grow i said it last year and i will say it again there's no plans on stopping hopefully we can continue to provide you uh quality independent league baseball coverage and uh, hopefully you guys continue to enjoy it. Hopefully we keep getting bigger and bigger names. There's names that we've been teasing since November that still have not really come on yet. And I don't want to announce until, you know, we have a date in the books. Uh, but they are big names. They are coming. There are a lot of guys that we look to have on going forward. Uh, it's been a really fun two years to this point. Hopefully we'll continue doing it and hopefully it will continue being fun. Uh, as far as 100 episodes go... 
realistically, it should be like 104, but then there was that month where we just didn't post anything in year one. So that's why it's at 100. And it just is, it's kind of nice that it lined up that like the 100 mark is the, the two year anniversary. It just kind of yeah. works out really yeah, nice that I, way. I, you can't draw it up any better than that. Uh, but I, I know as obviously I, I, I came onto the show, um, I came onto the show about a year and a half in, and I, I mean, I've had an absolute blast. I mean, I, I knew Nick before, uh, but and Nick was always great when I was first starting my, my Atlantic League page and was trying to get to know the indie ball world. He was always there, and I mean, it, it, it's a credit to you. I mean, you, you, you worked very hard to make this show what it is today and as popular as it is today, and so, I mean, huge credit to you, Nick, and uh, I mean, you've done an awesome job b- building up uh, this podcast that so many people um, in different countries and in different parts of the U.S. Uh, enjoy, and that's that, that's something that's really cool to me. That uh, and I mean, the support is is unreal. Like I can't even put it into words how 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 crazy awesome the the support is uh, for, for this podcast. So it's something I'll definitely be grateful for. And as we start getting closer to baseball, I know obviously we didn't have as much baseball to talk about. Uh, in 2020 as we would have liked uh thank you to the american association for giving us some baseball to talk about that that was so that was so important to just have something in there to talk about otherwise it would have been just months of just so remember when baseball was played yeah i know it's it, it was a tough time but thank goodness the american association uh came in clutch there for, yeah. for for lack of a better term so i mean the sport's been unreal uh, it's it's really hard to put into words how grateful i am for uh, all the support whether it's for for this podcast or the or, or the atlantic league page that i run that people actually care enough about it which they they certainly do i mean <laughs> i mean you, you could even think about last night with uh I mean, when I posted the Nelly Rodriguez signing, I had the whole Nelly Rodriguez fan club in my comment section. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, the, the support's unreal. It, it's and it is kind of crazy that episode 100 lined up with the two year anniversary. Uh, anniversary. So funny how that works. But I, I'm looking for. I'm of course I know I, I speak for Nick, but when I say there's no plans of stopping soon, and there's plenty more on the way, and uh, one guest who uh, we've been teasing for a while. Yeah, no, and that, that actually say, should be coming through fairly soon. Once, fairly soon, yeah, it's almost like, there. As soon as like next week, when everything really gets settled down, then yeah. I could, you know, follow up and be like, "I right, come." Do we look like we have a date where we could schedule everything and get yeah. into it? And I will say for that interview, and I'm really going to kind of give it away here. Which, if you can read through the inference and the context clues and guess it, then good on you. I'm not going to tell you you're right or wrong. But I will say I'm going to let Will take lead on that interview because I think he's like, I'm really excited about it. But I think my excitement is dwarfed by how how <laughs> rapidly excited and ready he is for this. Like, I, I honestly think since I told him that we got this guy, like we got a commitment from him. I think he's just been keeping like a running tally of questions that just spans the length of his dorm room. Oh, I know. It's like it's like a huge like receipt that just keeps running out of the cash register. Yeah. That of of all the things uh, I I want to ask this person. So I mean, yeah. If if you're if you're a good mind reader, then you know who we're talking about. And if not, let me just say you will be very excited. And oh. I know. Uh, well, even if you know, you should be excited. You should be even more excited if you know. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah. But uh, you're right. I, I won't tell you if, if you're right or you're wrong, but uh, it will be, I, I hesitate to say, well, of course, you, you know what? I'm not going to say it because I'm going to come across as an Atlantic league bias, like, like complete, yeah. like an Atlantic league bias. Cause trust me, I love, I love the frontier league. I love the American association, but like, this is, this is super, this is super exciting. And hopefully things get finalized and we can get this individual onto the show uh, to talk so many things, like so many directions this could go. And I am enthralled by, by the opportunity to talk to this, uh, to talk to this person. So I can't wait for you guys to hear it when it happens. And best believe once we get confirmation, I will be, uh, I will be blowing up all of your Instagram feeds over and over and over again, because I'm so excited and you're all going to know that I'm excited. And if you, if you don't want to hear my excitement anymore, I don't care. I'm going to keep feeding you. Um, I'm going to keep feeding you more, more hints and, uh, teasers and all that stuff. And I, I'm, if you couldn't tell, I'm super excited for it. I, oh, mean, I couldn't tell at all. <laughs> oh. I, I, I'm super excited for it. So I guess I should stop talking now because yeah. I think I'm just driving people crazy, yeah. but, uh, yeah. I, I, I can't wait for whenever this, this interview goes down, it's going to be unreal. Yeah. And I'll just kind of, I'll wrap everything up with like, I guess a little bit more of a, a sentimental thing where it's just like, if you would have told me like when this all started in 2019, that like we do a hundred plus episodes and off of the hundred plus episodes, you'll wind up being on like actual FM radio from it. And you'll talk to like several league commissioners and then several other like CEOs or COOs and like all these various high ranking people. And that you'll be like where you are now. Like, I wouldn't believe that. I'd be like, really? It's all going to come off of like independent league baseball. But yeah, it has. And it's just like the once or twice a year where we look back at like how far it's come. It's just it, every time it's mind blowing to me. So like, just, just again, thank you everyone from for whatever support you give and all of it. And just it, it's a little uh, it's a little much at times to think about how how far everything's come and how far we still have to uh, have to go because I still think we are far from uh, from our peak performance. But oh, for sure, yeah, no doubt so, about it. Yeah. So uh, with that said, I will say one other thing before we go to the plugs and and the rest, and you know how how this shit ends. Uh, I had to get one in. Uh, <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, no. I may have to put like a giant like uh, bleep sound effect in here to really play into it. <laughs> the best part too is that whole segment is about to be actually. This is a great segue into what I was about to say. I'm gonna start putting like post credit things in. I mentioned that like 11 episodes ago. That once we get to episode 100, I'm gonna start putting in like the outtakes as post credit things here. Oh goodness! So the, I may take the, that the one from earlier. The outtakes me and Nick Firestone have are just are, are wild. Oh yeah, like off the top of my head, there's one about lacrosse. I know there's like yep. Mike Trout on the Yankees. There's me railing <laughs> against Rutgers football. Uh, <laughs> there's a handful in there. Like I don't remember exactly which episode number these are from. So they could be from the same episode. They could be from six months back. I don't really know yet. I'm just going to kind of grab them as I see them and toss them in there because why not? It's a little bit of a fun extra thing. If you don't want to listen, that's cool. You don't have to, but some people find that really interesting. And 
quite frankly, between having to edit together a video to throw up five minutes of audio that will get about 35 views on YouTube and maybe 300 views on the Instagram account or just tossing at the end of a podcast, there's one that's a lot easier and gets to a lot more people than all the other options. So I'm definitely taking the easier route on this one. (laughs) That's what works smarter, not harder. Exactly. That's the golden rule. And with that said, uh, we'll go to the plugs here. If you enjoyed the past 100 episodes of the show and you're still not subscribed to it, I really don't know what you're doing and why you're doing (laughs) it the most difficult way possible. But you can subscribe to the show wherever you find podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podomatic, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Amazon Music. Yeah, those two. And I'm sure there's a slew of other ones that I don't even know exist that we're on. But the the feed goes out just about, like I said, anywhere you can find podcasts. So uh, like, rate, review, subscribe. You know the whole nine. Do that to help the show grow and get us, you know, like, I don't know, Frank Bolton or Miles Wolf on the show. That'd be pretty cool to talk to them. So try and get us them by rating, reviewing, and shooting us up the charts there. We're already like a top 125 show in Canada. So that's pretty cool. Let's try and shoot for like awesome. top 50. Yeah, it's always weird. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is just a quick aside here. Like, last Saturday, I checked to see, like, how many plays the episode got in one day. And it was like, you know, normally it's about 200 in the first day, and then it trickles off here, and normally it winds up, like, about 700 or so for the week. I checked. It was 501, and of it was, like, 380 from Canada. So the Great okay. White North yeah, comes through. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know what, what it is, but Montreal and Toronto always come through. Canada, we absolutely love you. Just saying. Like Nick and I absolutely, absolutely love Canada. So uh, if if you are from Canada and and uh, you are an avid listener of the Indie Ball Report, please DM me. Uh, I would I would I would love to I would love to talk more uh, talk more baseball with you and and know where where how, how these numbers are driving are driving up from Canada because that is that is so awesome and not something I really would have thought of. But I guess but I guess there's nobody else really talks in Indie Ball in Canada, like right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is, there's mean, there's a decent amount of indie ball teams there. You got the, the one, true. you got Ottawa, you got Winnipeg, you got Quebec, you got Toy Rivier, and you got, you got a slew of them. Plus, rumor has it more coming up there sooner Ooh. than later, supposedly. I don't know if I buy that because, I mean, we just went through a great period of expansion here uh, that's seemingly never ending. So maybe, but who knows? But yeah, Canada's always great. And I will throw it out right now. If you Canadians manage to push us up to number one, the number one podcast in Canada, I'll get a Maple Leaf tattooed on my arm. I, Nick, I will follow you. I, 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 I will commit to doing the same thing if that happens. The best part is I have a horrible anxiety with needles too. So this is really, oh, I, I can't stand them either. Exactly. So like, this is like, I'm real. I'll throw it down. I'll put my money where my mouth is and get the tattoo right square on the arm. I, I just, I need to see it that we're at number one in Canada and it needs to hold for at least 24 hours. That's the only conditions. Fair enough. So there's your gauntlet. Go win it. And you can help achieve right. that goal by following the show on all the social media we're on. That is on Twitter at IndieBallPod. That's on Instagram at IndieBallReport and at AOPB underscore news. You got to tweet and Instagram and share the show to boost up the numbers because these are rookie numbers. you got to boost those numbers up. And, uh, yeah, with that said, I don't think we have uh, terribly much to add, but what else do we have to add? 
You know, Nick, I, I, I will save a rant I thought of today. Okay. I, I will save it for another week because we had, um, I think people are tired of hearing me talk, but, uh, and, and, uh, because they come for, for I mean, we obviously had a stacked week yeah. uh, in, in indie ball, so there wasn't it wasn't hard to find content. But so I will I will save the rant I'm thinking of for another for a, a drier week. Well, but, you got to uh, tease the rant ready. though. You got to tease. It's it. not about sports either. It, it, it's about it's about food because if I don't, it's food. not about if I, it, it's about food. And now I'm interested. I'm going to ask you about an this when we get overrated off here. a completely overrated food that I don't understand why people like it. I'm going to talk to you about this off air because I'm, I'm interested. So uh, that's fine. That leaves everyone that's listening in on this conversation right now, which is everyone listening to the show. That's tough for you, bud. But you, you'll you'll get it probably, probably next week. You'll get it. All right. So then I will say this much: I had series of rants. I could technically go off on uh, the uh, Pierre Luc Dubois trade that happened like now nearly two weeks ago that we didn't do last mm-hmm. week, but. Instead, I am going to keep with a little bit more timely one, and I'll do a hockey rant next week because I do enough of those. MLB The Show is finally coming to Xbox, and NCAA football as college football is coming back. And, like, I'm not that big into gaming. Like, I I probably put in maybe 10 hours a week, if that. Normally, it's just me playing chill for, like, two or three hours at, at a time. And... You know, I play, and I'm like, yeah, I'm bored, I'm done, whatever. But I haven't had a new baseball game since MLB 2K12 on the 360 because I have Xbox stuff because I don't like the way a PlayStation controller fits in my hands because my hands are too big for it. So it's just too awkward. So I've been playing the same damn game that's had Yoannis Cespedes and Bryce Harper as a rookie the Houston Astros are still in the NL with their old jerseys. And R.A. Dickey was coming off of a Cy Young season. So Jacob deGrom isn't in the game. Like, Noah Syndergaard's not in the game. Most of the players that are in Major League Baseball now, not in the game. Because it's an eight-year-old game. So I'm just excited to be able to have, like, an actual real baseball game back again. And NCAA 14, the football one maybe my favorite game ever like i just play um, that so much like i still play it now no idea. with the team I do, builder. T- I do too yeah like i have an I nyu dynasty like how how where else can you have an nyu dynasty like I know. there's just so many possibilities and the fact we're getting it back like i'm nervous because it's ea and they're kind of known for diluting down a product and like soiling a great brand name in the name of profit so i'm concerned on that front but the fact that we could actually get a new game and that it may be good is like so exciting to me. And I figure if worse comes to worse, I'm no worse off than I was just having 14 sitting there because I could go back to playing that. So I'm just really excited to have this back. It's a bit different from my normal uh, rant, but that's what I got. And oh, I just remember what I forgot to do. Because I, I, I appreciate that. that, that I, I totally agree with everything you said. Yep. Although I do have a, a PlayStation, but I, I understand your, your gripe with it. Yep. And I just remember something. Every year on the anniversary show, because it's normally the show right before the Super Bowl, there's predictions for the Super Bowl. And we almost forgot to do it, but I remembered right now, so we got to get that in there uh, before this okay. show ends. So we got Kansas City, we got Tampa Bay, we got Mahomes, we got Brady. Who's going to win? What's the score? I'm gonna go Chiefs get the get the win, 
34 to 24. See, right here, it's tough for me because I know my friends listen to the show and a lot of us are all in a pick em that's season long. And right now, I'm kind of in Dormia. The best I can do is tie for first place in the pick em, but I'll lose on the tiebreaker. So I will not be winning the case of beer. That said, I'm still kind of in jeopardy of finishing in last, which would mean Ooh. I'm the one buying the case of beer. And uh, I'm a cheap bastard, okay. so I don't want to have to pay for this. So I figure whatever I say right now is going to be the pick I go with. That said, I'm going to make my official pick and that pick them, whatever gives me the best shot of not having to buy beer. But what I genuinely believe here is, and I've picked against Tom Brady in three straight weeks. I said he wasn't going to win against New Orleans. I said he wasn't going to win against uh, Green Bay. And I said during the regular season when they would come up, I've always picked against him because I didn't think he had anything left. And he's been proving me wrong since, partially because I just think we're being punished with Tom Brady for even more. Although I do normally root for him because that's the outcome that annoys the most people. And that's the kind of guy I am. You you were definitely that type of guy. Yep. I get that a lot, and I wear his pride, even though I shouldn't. But regardless of that, what I will say is I agree. I think it's going to be Kansas City. I think they're going to go back-to-back. I think it's going to be a bit closer than that, though. I see it being 30-26. to I think it's going to be a really close game. I could even see Tampa Bay leading for most of the way. But when you just kind of compare straight-up best player to best player, Kansas City's better. Then also, I had like half of that team as my fantasy team this year, so I'm pulling for them. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say that. So that's the Super Bowl pick. We got over 90 minutes of coverage now before I start editing and throw in that extra little added bit towards the very end. So uh, I'll end this damn show the same way we end every show. And that's by yelling horse shit into the mic. (laughs) So don't forget to play ball. I know, and you know that's definitely not the language of New Jersey at all. So, plus, oh goodness, I'm, no, we we are all very uh, clean, clean mouth people in uh, in New Jersey. We are very respectful, uh, very great drivers. Yeah, we we love pumping gas. Oh, uh, we yeah. can pump our own gas. Uh, but that, that's always the, that's like the greatest thing about New Jersey, like the fact that I I am. 20 years old and i don't know how to pump gas i could probably figure it out it can't be that hard yeah. but you know that's the thing too i've never had been in that position before where it's like oh i gotta fill my car with gas like i just drive to the gas station and the attendant takes care of that for me it's, it's really it's a wonderful thing and some people don't like that like some people want to be able to fill up their own car but i always counter that with this when it's 30 degrees outside and windy as hell do you want to be the guy that's pumping gas into the car? Or do you want to be the guy that just rolls the window down, tells them 20 regular cash, and then roll up the window? And then stay in your warm car until you look over, you go up to 18, you roll down the window a bit, hand him a 20, have a good night, roll up the window, and drive off. What sounds seems better? Like a much, sounds like a much easier life to me to be in the car. Exactly. And it works just as well in the summer with air conditioning. 
it's 95 and humid as hell. I'm not getting out of this vehicle. Exactly. To get back to the point, I think that uh, I would be appalled if anybody on the show used profanity. It would probably, I, I mean, Nick, to be honest with you, if you, if you used any, uh, any of those forbidden words, I'd probably just hang up on, I'd just probably just hang up on you. I, I mean, and you'd you, be justified. You'd definitely be justified. It, it's, I, it's just unacceptable. Exactly. But and will, will not be tolerated on the Indie Ball Report podcast. Exactly. But I will say, in case there is a Freudian slip, I would recommend listening with headphones. That or in a, a non-Puritan audience. Maybe one more accustomed to a, a rowdy and rough type of environment. Would be yeah, my maybe, you should put it, maybe you should put it in the show notes. Like a disclaimer, uh, listening with headphones is recommended. I may have to do that. Hell, I may start putting on the title cards a little PG-13 symbol. Per, uh, parental warning, explicit content. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's all the right. Ra- Even Taylor Swift's putting on her albums now. So, I mean. We, we can make that the new name of the show. <laughs> parental <laughs> guidance. <laughs> Welcome Expl- to the parental um, guidance report. The <laughs> <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know how you'd factor Indie Ball into that, but we'd figure it out. Look, uh, well, you know, parents take children to baseball games, and, you know, that's how we're going to do it. It's a very, very fragile connection, I will admit, but one that exists nonetheless. For sure. For sure. Yep.